Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. I do want to say that, man, this is fun. It was so, so good to uh, see so many of you here last week. Uh, Resurrection Sunday, and it really felt to me like new life in the room. So God bless you guys. God bless you if you're with us online this morning. Uh, I am so thankful again for uh, our, our technophiles that can make that happen. If uh, I've said it before, but if that was up to me, it would not happen. Not because I don't care, just because I don't know. Um, but the guys get that done every week, and so I'm blessed by that. Um, we do look forward to uh, the time uh, that we can all be back together again. Uh, I, I, again, so thankful for technology and the opportunity to be able to uh, connect with those of you that aren't here for one reason or another. And our intention is this. We will continue to stream ongoing regardless of the situation at hand regarding COVID and all that. Uh, I know there's always people that if you're traveling, you can join us. If you're home uh, sick for whatever reason, you can join us. If for some reason you didn't get up on time and you're just kind of lazy... You can pour yourself a cup of coffee and join us. So we will continue to stream, but I do look forward to the opportunity for some of you that we have not seen in a long time uh, to be back with us. Hopefully, in the very, very near future, we will begin to incorporate uh, some of those aspects of services Tuck mentioned over the next few weeks. So uh, with that, we took a break uh, from our study in Ephesians for the liturgical calendar. We celebrated Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday together, of course. This morning, we are going back to the book of Ephesians. Uh, and again, I'm just going to encourage you guys, we're in the second half of chapter 3 today. Uh, if you haven't done so, I would highly encourage you to take a few minutes uh, this week and read the book of Ephesians through. It's six chapters, and it's it's really, really helpful if you can take 45 minutes or whatever time it takes, depending on how you read, and read the whole thing through. Uh, from start to finish, just for context, and then go back maybe and pick up and read a little bit each week, just to keep your mind uh, fresh on where we are. Um, I, I'm going to, here, here is true confessions, pastoral true confessions this morning. Uh, this passage is a prayer by the Apostle Paul. It's one of those passages, there's a few of them in scripture. 23rd Psalm is one. Uh, are you sneaking up behind me or what are you doing? Gosh. You can't trust him. Um, I trust him explicitly. Uh, John chapter 15 is another. There's a few. Th- th- when you read them, they're, they're so complete and they're so perfect. You, you, it's, it's really, frankly, a little bit intimidating to speak on them. Um, I, I, I read this passage and I go, what can I say? What possibly could I say that will do justice to this? Um, However, here we are. We're in Ephesians chapter 3. So uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a run at it and give it a try. I would just ask for grace. 
if I don't do it justice. Um, but our title today, if you want to go to the title slide, you're already there. You don't know what you know. When I was growing up, this is a little side note, anecdotal side note, uh, my pastor used to say, you don't know what you don't know. And I, I used to bug the heck out of me when he'd say that. Go, what? I don't know what I don't know. Uh, and it, but that's really true. But sometimes, as followers of Jesus, we don't know what we do know. So let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll dig in a little bit. Jesus, uh, thanks again for your goodness and for your presence with us this morning, for being here. Thank you so much for worship today, Lord. Uh, it's just so good uh, to worship you and to be together and worship you and lift your name up. Uh, just open our hearts this morning. Let us receive from you. Uh, let us just, just really grasp your word and, and, and what we uh, can learn and grow in in that today. Your name, amen. All right, so I'm going to read the text, if you can put that up for me. Uh, this is chapter 3, beginning, I think, at verse uh, 19, maybe. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So Paul begins uh, with the phrase, for this reason. And if you remember, going back to the beginning of the chapter, verse 1, he starts verse 1 the same way, for this reason. And we shared before, last time we, we looked at Ephesians, that uh, that whole preceding passage, the first part of this whole chapter, is a, is a digression. He starts to pray, and then he says, wait, just one second, uh, and he goes back to redefine again the reason why he's praying for them and why he's really, what the focus of the letter is. And the reason is this, going back to chapter 2, that there is in Christ unity. That supernaturally, God has the ability to draw the hearts and lives of people together that otherwise have very little connecting them. And in this case, in, in the case of the scripture, it's that, that Jews and Gentiles are now on equal footing in the kingdom of God. Uh, today, and again, as we said before, most of us probably don't feel a tremendous amount of separation between Jew and Gentile, but we might feel some separation with other aspects of society and culture and people around us. Uh, and, and, and that can be socially, economically, ethnically, there's a lot of things that can cause division. Paul's saying, in the kingdom of God, you all come together. We all have unity. We're all on equal footing. And that's the reason. That's the reason. And he says, that's the reason that I kneel before the Father. Now, um, Paul knows, as you and I know, that you don't have to kneel to pray. Um, you, you, can, you can stand, sit, lay down. Uh, I walk. I like to walk when I pray. That's how I pray the best. My mind, uh, I'm, 
Good morning, Marco. No? <gasps> I, I, you know what? I, it'll be fun to have classes for the kids. I frankly, I love them being in here. I know that, that annoys some pastors, not me. I just love that so much. Um, it makes me lose track. I, I like to walk and pray. I, just for whatever reason, I don't know, my mind is able to keep focused a little better when I'm walking. So I like to walk and pray. But there's no rules. And, and my encouragement to you guys in terms of prayer is do what works for you. That's the best kind of prayer you can do. If you pray better alone, pray alone. If you pray better in groups, pray in groups. If you pray better walking, walk. If you pray better uh, with your eyes closed, don't walk. Um, however, however it works, whatever, whatever is best for you is how you should pray. But I think we can all kind of sense that there is, there seems, there's something that seems more spiritual. It seems more serious, more intense when you kneel down, right? Um, so Paul here is kneeling before the father. And I think the reason he's kneeling before the Father and the reason he tells the, the Ephesians that in the letter is that he really is serious. There's, there's, he's about to pray something that means a lot. Um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you go to the next slide, Naomi, Jesus knelt down and prayed. I never noticed this before. It's so weird when you study and, and all of a sudden you find things I've never, I've never seen this before. Uh, he withdrew Jesus about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Even Jesus knelt to pray at the moment that was the most crucial and the most serious for him. So there's just something about that. Um, and then Paul, again, he kind of stops a little bit. If you can go one more slide. Uh, and and it, just in case there's any doubt, he wants to erase every bit of doubt what the focus of this prayer is, that every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Uh, we, we are connected in Christ Jesus. Um, and, and, you know, look, sometimes none of us would do this, but some Christians will kind of be critical or judgmental of other groups that don't do things the exact same way that they do. Um, they may not pray the way we pray. They may not worship the way that we worship. You know, may, may not address God the way that we address it, whatever. There's all sorts of things that we can go, oh, those guys, yeah, I know. I, I have to search my own heart from time to time when I feel that. And, you know, catch myself. My traditions are different than somebody else's traditions, and that's okay. There isn't a right or wrong way to approach God. I think the attitude of Paul might be helpful and beneficial for us here just to humbly acknowledge that we all are part of the same family. We're all descendants of God. And, and if, if, if I think anybody doesn't recognize that or realize that, my role should be to pray for them. God, help them see that. Help them know that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And then verse 16 says that he'll strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, what does that mean, uh, your inner being? Um, we said a, a few weeks back, you remember, culturally, we give a lot of attention to our outer being, our outward appearance. Uh, you know, there's, there's old adages we don't say these things as much anymore, but you know, in my lifetime, things like 
um, dress for success, right? Or clothes make the man. Um, and, and today, what we do, we, we, we can all acknowledge this, is the fashion industry, beauty products, hair care, uh, plastic surgery, uh, each and every one of those is a multi-billion dollar industry, industry all focused on our outer appearance. Um, Paul prays for strength in our inner being, our spirit and our soul, that part of us that really we don't always see quite the same way. I want to say this, that our inner person and our outer person are connected, that they're part of the same. And, 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 and honestly, and I, I want to speak freedom. I don't know to any of you guys, but I'd love to be able to speak this out. People get concerned, depressed, anxious, uh, whatever, when they feel as though they don't add up outwardly. I don't look the way I'm supposed to look. I don't have what that person has. I don't, I'm not beautiful enough, whatever, whatever, all of those things. Here's, here's the reality. The reality is this, that the best possible way for your outer person to be improved is for your inner person to be improved. When your inner self is strengthened, something changes in your outward appearance. Do you know that? When your inner person is strengthened, I've been in places before, wherever, church, conference, and somebody walks in, and you see them, and you go, man, that person is full of the Holy Spirit. There's something about them that you can just see is happening in their life that's so rich and so full, and it's visible. And and, and, and so instead of spending all that money and time and energy to, to make our outer appearance better, if we strengthen our inner person, our outer person will be uh, in play with that and come along with that. Does that make sense? Um, so with that, this happens. In Paul's prayer, he says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is really the key. That is the key to our inner person, our inner being, being strengthened. I used to tell youth groups, when I would speak to youth groups, I would say, the Holy Spirit, anybody remember, is like what? Nobody remembers. I don't know if anybody was around then. Gas in the car. The Holy Spirit is gas in the car. Uh, You can have a really cool car. In fact, go to the next picture. That is a Lamborghini Aventador. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You like that? That car, base price for the Lamborghini Aventador is $237,777. Thank you very much. I don't think that's a mistake, the way they uh, price that car. That's the base price, though. So for, for $237,777, you don't get a motor or wheels. If you want those, it's extra. Um, but if you pay full price for that car but there's no gas in the tank, you're not going anywhere. The Holy Spirit is the gas in our tank. And so the parallel there is that like a Lamborghini, we can do, you, we can do all the right things. You can study scripture, you can pray, you can serve the poor, you can, fell, you can whatever, whatever it is, you, we can do everything right. We can do all the right things, 
But if there's no gas in the tank, we won't go anywhere. Um, that, that, that is the power in your inner being. That's the power in your inner being. And, and that is so that, next, next frame, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, Christ, again, I remember being in different settings, people talk about a visitation. I, 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 would, I would say today, Christ doesn't want to do a visitation. He wants to set up a habitation. You like that? It's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Somebody <laughs> humor me a little bit. See, I need a Pentecostal church. Um, thank you so much. Uh, he wants to. See, he he doesn't want to visit. He, he really he really wants to dwell. He he wants to be with you. Set up house in your heart, and. It's a combination of our faith combined with the power of the Spirit that allows that to happen. And when that happens, we will be, next frame, uh, rooted and established in love. So there's two metaphors really here. They're both rooted and established. One is a gardening metaphor. The other is a building metaphor. I've never been a builder, but I was a gardener. Uh, so I want to say this in regards to being rooted uh, in love, and that is that you can't bear good fruit without establishing strong roots. So, sometimes, uh, go, go to the next, oh, look at that. God, you are so good. Uh, so, sometimes in our Christian walk, we focus a little bit on bearing fruit. We, we, we want to be fruitful people, right? That's, that's just reality. So we want to bear good fruit, but I want to say this, that if you can't bear good fruit, without a solid root system. It just can't happen. Your roots need to dig down into the ground and and they need to extract moisture and nutrients from the ground, uh, deep in the ground, uh, in order to bear good fruit. If, If you don't have a good root system, your fruit will be puny and, and, and mushy and kind of gross. Um, have you ever, have you ever bitten into a bad apple? Anybody? Yeah. So you bite into a good apple, and what happens, man? It's crunchy, it's crispy, it's juicy, it's sweet and tart at the same time. It's really, really cool. You bite into a bad apple, it's mushy, it's mealy, it's dry, and it's disgusting. And if you're like me, you'll just go and spit it out. Nobody likes a bad apple. So for good fruit, we have to have deep... Amen, brother. We have to have deep roots. First half of this letter, uh, Paul is, is theological. Paul is explaining what it is to live in Christ. And now he's transitioning in this part into the second half of the letter, which is how. How do we live in Christ? What do we do? And the beginning of that process really is being rooted in love. That's where everything begins. And as we look through the the, the last three chapters, uh, we'll see that Paul is telling us how to live in Christ, but it really begins here. It begins with putting our roots down deep in him, and that is um, followed by verse 18, which is probably one of the most important things that I think we can gather today. Being rooted and established in love, you may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I, I, I want to say this about that, that the depth of the love of God will never be known in isolation. We will never know. 
We can never know. The, 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 the width, length, height, depth, the totality, the fullness of God's love for us in isolation, it can only happen together. It can only happen in cooperation, in conjunction, in connection with the Lord's holy people. Look, there's going to be times in the course of your life where God's going to come and he's going to make himself known to you. And he's going to reach out and he's going to touch you. And he's going to put his arms around you and he's going to hold you. Uh, and and it's, it, there's going to be, he's going to whisper in your ear and it's just going to be precious between you and him. And those, those times are, are, are beautiful and precious. But I want you to know that there's something deeper than that. that it's profound. Paul says we can't really know it. Um, and it's, it's the love of God in a, in, beyond our ability to understand or explain that happens in cooperation with one another in the body of Christ. We will only, only, only ever know that together. We, we, uh, we have a little saying we use around here, uh, better together. But the reality is this, that better together isn't, isn't just a statement or a, a cool hashtag. Uh, it, it's a dynamic spiritual reality. We, we really are better together. Uh, and we cannot lose sight of that. Um, I, I struggle uh, from time to time when I encounter uh, believers, sincere, faithful people who love Jesus truly in their heart, who for one reason or another have disconnected themselves from the body of Christ. Um, sometimes it's out of hurt. They've been hurt. And, and I want to say if anybody's here or there, uh, you know, if that's happened to you, the, the, way, the way back is really to humbly say, I, I need prayer. I, I want some people that uh, understand who Jesus is to come around me and pray for me and pray that God would allow me to come back into that place where I want to be in fellowship again. Um, but for whatever reason, people might distance themselves. The truth is that we can never, ever know all there is to know about who God is and how he loves us on our own. Uh, it, it really, really is a spiritual reality that we we experience only together. And then the last couple of verses, and if you guys want to get ready to come back up, I'm actually going to pray for people, but you can start making your way up. This is his benediction here. Now in him who is able to do how much immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's a powerful statement. We, we don't know how much more God can do beyond everything we ask for or what we might not ask for, be afraid to ask for, but could even imagine in our minds according to his power that has worked within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I just want to pray for some of you this morning. Um, why don't you close your eyes? And, and, and just let me pray for you, Lord. I, I just want to lift up anybody this morning here or at home that uh, is for whatever reason living this morning uh, without hope. I want to pray for anybody that's living in fear. I want to pray for anybody that might, Lord God, have doubt or concern or anybody that's in pain this morning, anybody that's feeling isolated or separated this morning, Lord God. I want to ask that you today in the name of Jesus would do immeasurably more than they could imagine. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers. 
for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.